hi, welcome. So today I just wanted to talk a little bit about something. Um, New Year's is coming up, and and by by no means am I uh, saying, hey, let's just wait till New Year's to start doing this. There's there's really no excuse to not start right now. But New Year's is uh, very often when people make their New Year's resolutions and they um, commit air quotes for those that don't have video to certain things like maybe. Uh, they're going to start going to the gym, so they go buy a gym membership, and then they pay for a whole year. But uh, in reality, they paid for one week um, because you know it's a New Year's resolution. If we can't do it any other day, what makes us think we're going to do it at the beginning of the year, right? Uh, another thing that comes up a lot at the beginning of the year, and you see this a lot. This is a huge promotion in uh, the religious world, if you will, in the Bible world, is reading your Bible in a year. Like there's yearly reading plans. Uh, this is how we're going to do it. Make sure to get through your Bible in a year. Well, I'm not judging any way, one way or the other. I'm not saying that the Bible, the yearly Bible plans are necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. This is what I'm going to say about that. This is where I'm going. One, I would encourage you, don't wait till the new year to start reading. Two, to read the Bible in a year, even though some people look at it because it's a book with, you know, 1500 pages in it. Um, they look at it as a very daunting task. Like I can't, I don't know that I could read the Bible in a year. The reality of it is, is it only takes 12 to 15 minutes a day. In 15 minutes a day, you can read your Bible in a year. Um, and people think that that's overwhelming. However, it's not overwhelming and daunting to, um, sit on your phone on TikTok or YouTube or Instagram or any other social media platform and waste not just 15 minutes, but several hours. That's easy to do, but reading your Bible and, and uh, 15 minutes a day, that's an awful big, um, that's an awful big undertaking for some reason. It seems so, it seems so daunting, but let's be real. Let's be real. We spend several hours a day on our phones. I mean, the majority of us do. I have, noticed I've cut way back on and that was intentional because there was a time where my work was really slow and my truck had broke down so I hadn't had a chance to really leave the house and while I was doing a lot of bible study and reading you know in a in a 15 6 hour uh, 15 16 hour day um that's just a lot of hours to have but I was uh putting in 7 hours and 56 or 58 minutes it's kind of irrelevant how many minutes it was it was 8 hours a day of screen time on my phone on average for that week. So that's a whole entire 40 hour work week plus overtime that I was spending on my phone and it it struck me and it caught me and I was like, hey, you know, that's kind of really outrageous. That's a lot of time. Like I could have literally read the entire Bible in that week if I would have sat there for 10 hours a day and read and then only been on my phone for the remaining, you know, five or six hours a day. Um, like I said, I was doing study, but I could have read the whole entire Bible that week. The whole entire Bible in the time that I spent on my phone, I could have read the Bible. So this is where I'm going with this. I want to encourage uh, Christians or anybody. Like if you're like, well, if, if you're not a Christian, if you're um, not a Bible reader or anything like that, and you're sitting here thinking like, well, I want to wait until the new year. And then I'm going to start that off because that's what we do as Americans in, in general. We, we have goals and then we have deadlines. And, um, you know, we're not going to do anything before. We're definitely not going to do something like starting, start reading the Bible before that time. But I would like to encourage uh, both Christians and non-Christians, Bible readers and not, to pick up your Bible now. Don't wait. Pick it up now because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. 
and start reading. It's not quite November yet. It is uh, November 28th. I'm sorry, it's not quite December yet. It's November 28th. So we have a whole entire month until next year. If you were to put down your phone for about two hours and 40 minutes a day, but I promise you, if you were to look at your screen time, if you were to add up all of the time that you were spending on your phone, on Facebook or TikTok or whatever the case may be, on some social media platform, you are spending at least two and a half hours a day on your phone. I could almost be willing to guarantee that. Even now when I'm back at work and I am focused not on spending as much time on my phone, I'm still running about two hours a day. Now there's text messages and phone calls and things like that, but there's a lot of just idle time sitting there with the thumbs, exercising the thumbs, scrolling. Um, so we all spend that amount of time. With two hours and 40 minutes a day, you could read through the Bible by the beginning of next year. Reading through the Bible in a year is really child's play. And I don't want that to sound offensive, but it is. That's minuscule. We're only devoting 15 minutes a day to reading God's word. We're devoting 15 minutes a day to, 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 to God. I spend that much time on the on the toilet every day and most people do sometimes several times a day god knows what you're doing use that time and pick up your bible and read instead of exercising those thumbs and scrolling through tiktok twitter or facebook download a bible app on your phone or put a a, a bible next to your toilet in the restroom and read for the time that you're sitting there god knows what you're doing there's nothing to be ashamed about it. That is time that you can spend with God. And it's almost quality time, except for maybe the concentration that may be put into it. Because aside from notifications that you're going to get on your phone or text message or something like that, you don't have other distractions. I mean, I get it if you have kids. They're going to be knocking the door. Little fingers are going to be coming up underneath. You know, your dog's out there making noise. Your cat's out there making noise. But it's fairly distraction-free that time. So that's the perfect time to devote that time to god into reading the bible so i'd encourage you we have a month left in 2022 you can read the bible it is very doable to read the bible between now and january 1st and then in in january 1st in 2023 starting 2023 i encourage you at a minimum give god those 15 minutes a day and read your bible in a year but i think that it is unreasonable and super realistic to say, I think, I think it's unreasonable to say that we can't do that. And I think it's unre unreasonable and unrealistic to say that that's all that we can give. Read the Bible twice in a year. Make that a goal. 30 minutes a day. You can do it in six months. That's twice a year. You can read the whole Bible. If you read 13, 13 to 14 chapters a day, you can read the whole Bible in three months giving it an hour, give or take roughly an hour a day, 13 to 14 chapters a day, you can read the Bible in three months. So let's be real when we're looking at this as well. This is a big book, lots of pages. I have it opened up here to 2 Timothy 2.15 because that's a scripture that I'm going to apply to this video. Um, and I am on page 1,715. Now granted, a lot of the scripture... Uh, only is half or quarter of the page because of the commentary that John MacArthur has put on it. But that's a lot of pages to go through. 
Um, but it can be done. And if you are only reading the Bible once in a year with that much content, with that much material, how much of it are you really absorbing and taking away and remembering as you go through the rest of the year? Well, I read Matthew. I guess I won't read that again until next year because it's just when it's going to come up on the, on the uh, rotation again. Although the gospel is one of the most important things. I mean, it's all important, but the gospel is one of the most important things that we can read, study, and become proficient in because the gospel is what's going to allow us to be good, uh, uh, good evangelists. Sorry, I had a brain fart there. Uh, the gospel is what's going to allow us to become good evangelists, to get out there and share the word of God. It's not our testimonies, although those do help. We do, uh, when people give their testimony, people can see someone's life changed and transformed. But it wasn't because of anything other than the gospel. It can be motivational. Like I saw this guy, he used to be a drug addict. He used to be an alcoholic. He used to be a wife beater. He used to be a thief. He used to be whatever the case may be. But God transformed his life. But the, it's not his transformation that changes people. It's the Bible. It's God. It's the gospel. It's the good news that changes people. So, but we're going to read through this in a year. And we're not going to look at anything else in there for the rest of the year. And I don't believe that that's a good way to go through God's word. Because we're not becoming students of God word, God's word. And there's a reason I have 2 Timothy 2.15 uh, opened up here. It says, be diligent. Uh, let's bring it up on the screen too. Actually, I have this brought up. I don't have anything else brought up. Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God. Oh, wait, hold on. I forgot. Let me get out of the way there. Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And if we look at this in um, the King James, ta-ta, if we look at this in the King James, it says, study to show thyself approved unto God. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing his word. So study, not just read, not idle reading. It's very easy to get caught up in here, especially when you're trying to rush through the Bible. Like, you know, if you were to try to read it three hours a day, you definitely need to break it up, not sit down for three hours a day so that you can read it in three months. It needs to be broken up because otherwise you're just reading. You're just staring at words and you're not absorbing anything. But we need to study God's word. And so beyond just the reading, we need to look at things like the, the references. There's 63,000 cross-references in the Bible. We need to be checking out those references so that we can, it will give us a better understanding of what the Bible is actually saying. And then to know that books of the Bible is not sat down and, and written all at once. Somebody can sit down with a pen or a quill or whatever, um, a chisel and a hammer and a stone and write all of the 66 books of the Bible in one sitting. No, it was written over a period of 1500 years by 40 different men authored by 40 different men in three different languages, men that never knew each other. We didn't, there wasn't social media. So, you know, Luke didn't get on Twitter today and be like, oh, Matthew's writing this. Let me see if I can copy this. That's not what happened. They, these men didn't even know each other. A lot of them didn't even know each other. Timothy, um, Paul, Luke, 
Luke was the writer for um, the book of Acts and the book of Luke. He was with Paul. So some of them did know each other, but a lot of them, specifically in the Old Testament, they never met each other. They didn't know who the other person was. And if we're not studying to know these things, we can't share these things with people. We have to study and use these cross-references to go back and let the Bible prove itself. The best commentary, and this was Pastor Chuck Smith in a commentary in his C2000 through the Bible commentary. Um, in his own commentary, he said the Bible is the best commentator for itself. Let the Bible prove itself. And that's what we need to do. We need to get into the Bible and study, not just read the words. Okay, so what I want, and what I did want to read, and here's a commentary. Uh, this is a John MacArthur study Bible that I read out of. And um, for the verse of... Uh, 2 Corinthians 2.15, MacArthur says, uh, he takes the phrase, be diligent, because it says, be diligent to present yourselves approved to God. He takes this phrase, be diligent, and said, this word denotes zealous persistence in accomplishing a goal. Timothy, like all who preach or teach the word, was to give his maximum effort to impart God's word completely, accurately, and clearly to his hearers. This is crucial to counter the disastrous effects of false teaching. And in today's day and age, with social media in particular, there are so many false teachers, so many liars, that it's 99% true, but there's one fallacy within it. And that just discredits completely everything that they have said, that they have taught. There are so many false teachers in this world that you have to know the Bible. I watch this on TikTok, on YouTube. Somebody that's not a Christian will walk up and take the Bible and they'll walk up to somebody and they will say, so in the Bible it says this. Well, that's a contradiction. And people very often are caught off guard by that. And they're like, well, I guess it really does contradict itself, but they haven't read and studied or done anything about it. Somebody's telling you something that completely shatters your belief in God. Because of what somebody said, which really shows, um, honestly, just a lack of faith. Be because you're letting somebody that's a false teacher tell you something like that. Go and study it out. We have to know the Bible in order to be able to teach it. Um, continuing on to wrap this up, MacArthur also says, because uh, towards the end of this verse, it says, uh, be, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So this phrase, rightly uh, dividing, literally means to cut straight. And it's a reference to the trades, carpentry, masonry, and Paul's trade of the leather making. And actually, let me get my iPad out here. And I should have brought all this up so that we could reference this on the screen. But I have a um, strong concordance on my iPad. And if you look up... Um, and this is a King James version, but if you look up the phrase rightly dividing, the words rightly dividing, that comes back to G3718. Uh, I don't know, probably can't read it very good on here. Definitely not with this camera. G3718, which is Greek word number 3718 in the Strong's. It's only used one time in the scripture. This is the only time that this word or phrase is written um, in the Bible. The original word is orthodox orthotomeo and it is a compound from 3713 and 5114 but it means to make a straight line to make a uh, make a straight cut to dissect and to correctly dissect the divine message to rightly divide that's the only time this is found in the scripture and what this is talking about what what the word here is saying is we have to know the truth we have to know what the Bible is saying 
and be able to interpret it correctly and not put our own beliefs into it. It, it, we need to follow the straight line and the scripture gives us that straight line. Um, going back to the MacArthur, uh, he says, precision and accuracy are required in biblical interpretation beyond all other enterprises because the uh, interpreter is handling God's word. Anything less is shameful. Uh, the phrase, the word of truth, shameful. I'm sorry. The word of truth, uh, uh, the phrase, the word of truth, all of scripture in general and the gospel message in particular. This is all of this. This is talking about all of the scripture. And in fact, um, we can find in Second Timothy three sixteen, uh, all scripture is given um, by God. It is inspired by God. Let us go and find that real quick. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every work. Uh, let's go over and I uh, will pull that up real quick here. Next chapter. Second Timothy 316 right here. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God, all scripture, not some scripture, all scripture, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all works. That's the King James version. Um, and what we're getting in this is it, it's it's reiterating what we're seeing in verse 215. Um, rightly divide the word of truth. That's what it is profitable for. And if we're to, to do anything other than to rightly divide it and share it as it is written and interpret it correctly, to do anything other than that is changing the scripture and is um, blasphemy. And we're, we're told in the Bible to not add or take away from scripture. Do not add to or take away from it. I'd have to look that scripture up exactly. Um, but we have to know it. And we're not going to know it just by reading it once a year. We're not studying anything. We're just reading some words on a page by reading it once a year. So I would just like to encourage you. You don't have to read it once in a month. We can't. You can very much read the whole entire Bible between now and January 1st. But I would encourage you to get into your Bible more than just the once a year reading. That is literally the, the bare minimum. And it's not really giving much time at all to God who really commands all of our time. We're putting other things in front of the study of God's word, which makes them idols. Anything that takes the place or precedence over God makes it an idol. And we are told in multiple different scriptures um, and in the Ten Commandments, do not have any other idols before God. Idolatry is a sin. And when it takes precedence over God, when we say we can't go to church today because of the football game, we're making church secondary. Football becomes the idol. And that is a sin. This is an addiction channel. When we're stuck in our addictions, we are selfish and we're not... Uh, we don't care about anything else and it takes precedence. Our addictions take precedence over everything else. The next drink, the next, whatever it is when you're doing drugs, the next hit, um, the next time you have sex, uh, the next time you can eat because eating is a, an addiction. Being a glutton is a sin and overeating is an addiction. There's a lot of different addictions out there. When it takes precedence over God, it is an idolatry or it is a, an idol. It's idolatry and it's wrong. Give God a little bit more time. So I encourage you, even if you're not reading it once a month, um, 
if you're not putting that three hours in a day to read it once a month, at least try to read it between every three months and every six months. Read if you know, read 10 chapters a day and, and read through the Bible three times in a year. Don't just be stuck on the one. We look at that as such a daunting task, and it is so highly promoted that read through the Bible in a year and they tell they sell books. You know, there's there's whole entire reading schedules to make sure that you can read through the Bible in a year. Just pick up your Bible and start reading and read 10 chapters a day. You might have to break it up a little bit because when you get into like, you know, uh, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, there's a lot of uh, genealogies and the laws are just downright boring, important, but boring to sit there and read. Definitely not one of those things that you can just sit down, read and uh, hope that you receive all of the information in it because of how dry it is. So you might have to split it up and read other books and chapters and i encourage that i actually personally read old testament in the morning new testament in the evening and then throughout the day i read through other books i am going through um no oh, where am i right now i know for sure i'm in um isaiah and i'm reading one of the other prophet uh prophetic books um right now as well i don't remember exactly where i'm at there but i just to split it up to break it up and to get all of the full context of everything without going in and, you know, say, well, I read Daniel this year and uh, that's all that it's ever going to get from me. I tried to read things and then cross-reference things. And you'll be surprised as you're reading other books throughout the day, as you kind of split things up and keep going, you'll be surprised how many other parts of the Bible come back to you and they click and they make sense. Um, so I'm going to wrap this up with that. Um, I encourage you to read the Bible, be faithful in reading the Bible. Don't let other things become idols. Um, if you don't have a Bible, there are plenty of resources online. Um, blueletterbible.com, which is where I had the scripture pulled up from, has all of the Bible. It has commentaries. And if you were so inclined, it even has um, courses, biblical courses from the Lancaster Bible College, free of charge to go through and to help you build your um, biblical knowledge and grow your relationship with God. Now, as I always say as well, if um, you don't have a paper Bible, message me, send me an email, uh, get on my website, do some way to contact me. I will send you one. I personally, even though I do have the Bible on my iPad, on my phone, I have it with me everywhere. I personally like to read through the Bible in paper because it prevents a lot of the distractions that come with electronic devices. You're not getting any notifications or anything like that. And it makes it more quality time. Um, reading the Bible off of your off of your electronic device, there's nothing wrong with that, but I, I prefer to have a paper Bible. Not to mention, if the power goes out, if your internet's out, uh, if you just can't charge your phone anymore because of whatever happens, um, you will have the ability to read the Bible, study the Bible, and still share God's word when you have a paper Bible. Uh, because I do believe eventually it's going to come down where the government is going to control everything on the internet and the Bible will either be altered to make it false and a lie online, or it will just be completely removed. And they will know if you try to look at it. Um, it's all a part of control. Paper Bibles, uh, uh, you can't go wrong with a paper Bible. It can't be changed and it can't be altered because it's in paper. You have it in front of you. Um, so with that, 
Uh, check us out every Sunday for the uh, New Thirst Addiction Ministry. If you um, you or somebody you know is struggling with an addiction or if you just need something more, it is essentially a Bible study. It is geared towards addiction. There's a lot of talk about addiction when we lived in our addictions and things like that. In there, it is a recovery program, but it is a more importantly a Bible study. It is um, Scripture is very heavily used uh, within that program. So that'll wrap that up for this one. I encourage you. I challenge you. More than encourage, I challenge you to read the Bible between now and January 1st. It can be done. It can be done. And I challenge you to read the Bible and give God more than just the 12 to 15 minutes a day to read through his word one time a year. Read it more than once. So, until I see you next time, stay grounded, stay in the word, and God bless.